0: We were looking at this uh, idea i'm going to just continue the thoughts we were we've been sharing the last few weeks um uh, we'll just jump right into it mark chapter 13 and verse 37. this is uh, under the subtitle the niv bible puts this last little piece it, it gives it a subtitle beginning from verse 32 it says the day and hour unknown so this is when jesus is talking about the days of the end the times of the end and uh, the last verse, verse 37, uh, Jesus says, What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. We've been working through this uh, sermon series called Watch. And we learned that this word watch, it actually means to be awake or not to be sleeping. The Greek word is gregario. And uh, our, our greatest contribution for the Lord in this day is to be awake. Is to not, not, not to be found sleeping. We studied what that means. Number one, it means to be awake to the reality, which is not this world which we live in, but the reality of the spirit. And we learned how um, not only that are we to be sensitive and awake to the world of the spirit, we're so also we're also to be awake to who we really are in the spirit. That we are not just here randomly. We are not servants. We are sons and daughters of God, and. Uh, we can be sons and daughters of God, but live below the standard that God has purchased for us to be. Because we all have a history and a destiny clash right in the middle. We all came from somewhere by way of uh, our, our birth, our family history, our nationality, our color, our, our tribe, our ethnicity. And when we get born again, we become a new creation. And the fight then is between the who we are by way of our natural descent and who we are by way of our spiritual reality amen and so uh, when we come to the lord we're coming to who we really are our true identity and when we wake up as we should we leave the earthly identity behind and we embrace who we really are as children of god hallelujah so we're gonna be awake today amen Some of us are Christians, but we feel too much allegiance to our tribe, ethnicity, political persuasion. And that's not who we really are. Amen. That's just like the stage that God has prepared for the real us to stand on that stage and proclaim God's goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, So we are children of God. We are awake to our true identity. I found some verses that really blessed me along these lines. And I would like us to look at that. Number one is Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 11 uh this blessed me verse 11 it says both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family so jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers come on somebody both the one who makes men holy and those who are made holy are of the same family who's the one that makes us holy is Jesus. And who are the ones who's made holy? That's us. And the Bible says that we are of the same family. Praise the Lord. And he's not ashamed to call us brothers. We are more than just Christians. All right. Christians is an allegiance to a a human institution. Christian was never actually on the mouth of God. He never called us Christians. I say this a lot. He called us sons. The price that Christ paid on the cross was not for us to be Christians, but to be beyond Christians, to be children of God. A servant has no place in the home, but a son belongs to the home forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 1 John 4, 4, 17 says that as he is, so are we in this world. Praise the Lord. And so we are part of the family of God. And this is a family business that we're involved with. It's a family business. Everybody behind your masks say family business and the family business is laid out in the Gospels in the Gospels We see the work. It's a summary of the work that Jesus Christ did That's what the Gospels entailed But the next book after the Gospels after John's Gospel is finished We go into the book of Acts and the book of Acts of the Apostles is the record of what the sons and daughters of God did And when we look at the two the work is the same hallelujah the same anointing the, uh, t- Acts 10, 1038 describes the ministry of Jesus it says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him that's what Jesus did but guess what that's also what the sons and daughters of God did in the book of Acts and it's what you and I do as sons and daughters of God hallelujah I'm in All right, We are children of God, we're in the family business, we're here to manifest on the devil and free people from the devil's power. Hallelujah. That means everything that falls under the authority of the enemy when the sons and daughters of God show up, they are put in check. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 8 that the creation itself waits, creation waits with great expectation for the sons of God and the daughters of God to be revealed. They are waiting for our manifestation. Well, when does that manifestation happen? It happens when we wake up. It happens when we are no longer asleep. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So we are sons and daughters of God. We are in the family business and we look just like God as he is. So are we in in this world. Now, one day I remember I was teaching somebody who just got saved. We were meeting and I was walking through with them through some discipleship ideas and I came to this this verse as he is so are we in this world. We are children of God. Not just the pastor but everyone who is a child of God is, 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 uh, uh, jumps from a slave level, a servant level, to a, a son and daughter level. That's the jump. We don't own anything. We're not part of the family, but now we're betingyotch. Come on, somebody. Mm? And we are just as much part of the family as Jesus is part of the family. And I was talking to them, I was, uh, to this this individual, and I said, as he is, so are we in this world. And he said, oh, pastor, koi 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 hold on, that's just a bit too much. Come on, just slow down a little bit, you know, because he knows who he is, how weak he is, how many mistakes he made, how his history is kind of funny, and now you're taking that mess and putting it on. the No, no, no. Literally, he said, no, no, he couldn't swallow that, that. I had to actually go back and start all over again because it's almost too good to be true, and it seems like a craziness in light of who I know I am. But it's not us who makes ourselves holy. The Bible says that the one who makes us holy and the ones who are being made holy are are of the same family. And he is not ashamed to call us brothers. You might be ashamed of your history and your weaknesses. But Jesus is not ashamed to call you brother, to call you sister, because the sanctifying agent is him, not you. Hallelujah. In the Old Testament, this would make sense because the sanctification, and the holiness is up to us and everybody fell short. But when Jesus came and opened the door for us, everybody can come into the same level of family as Jesus is. That's why the Bible is called good news. The good news is not the new house, the new car, I got married or whatever. That's all additional blessings, the stuff that's, the stuff that's added. The good news is that we who were bound and were slaves, we are now children of, of God. And when we wake up to that, hallelujah. And see, my job as a pastor uh, is to take people like that I was talking to that day and make sure he understands that as he is in the world, so are you. That's my job as pastor. Ooh, pastor, he said, slow down. You know, just just crack some jokes and tell us good life principles to hold on and cope with this difficult life. That's not my calling as a pastor. Uh, Maybe if you called me, if you called me, maybe I can tell jokes for you and make you laugh and make you feel good and go home. But you did not call me. He called me. And if he called me, I have to answer to him. And, and see, part of the job of the people who are called of God is to help the. You see, I am a gift to the body of Christ. That's what the Bible says. Hmm. Hmm. The Bible says that the one who descended, Ephesians chapter 4 speaking about jesus as the one who descended was also the one who ascended and he gave gifts to men the gifts that he gave it's not a new toy a new motorbike come on what do you like a new a new car dinner for free that was not the, the guy he, the, the the bible says that the gifts that god gave are the offices of the church apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher don't look at me like that's what he gave he gave. And and Paul was very, very uh, confident in the fact that I was not called by a man nor by a, a, any any man, but I was called of God. If you're called of God, you have a responsibility to serve God among the people. Not to serve the opinions of the people or pastor, that's too much slowdown. No, but to tell you who you are. Look what it says in, in that same chapter, Acts, uh, Ephesians chapter 4. In verse number 13, uh, it talks about how he gave apostles, prophets, pastors. You can read it, read it later. But it says, uh, he did this to verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, verse 13 look at this it says until we all reach unity in the faith in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ so my job is to help everybody so that we all of us attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ thought that was interesting because it says there's such a thing as a whole measure That means if there's a whole measure, there's also a half measure. And there's also a 30% measure and a 15% measure. All right. Now, this is what I believe. I believe that when we get born again, when we accept Jesus, we are instantly a new creation. We are not 50% saved, 70% saved. If we any man who is in Christ, he is new creature instantly it happens right away and there's not a halfway creature or it's a hundred percent fully new this i can say with confidence because the one who did the saving and the one who makes us holy is him not us so we can have confidence in what he does maybe you don't have confidence in what you do but you can have confidence in what he does and he didn't make no mistake he saved you a hundred percent he saved you door to door, door, wall to wall, chaff, chaff, come on, somebody. You cannot get any more saved than you are already saved. You cannot get any more holy than you are holy. The problem is, is what I think what it means when he says um, the, that there's a full measure, that it means not necessarily that we are half saved, but we are half aware of the salvation that actually took place in us. See, that's why the Bible says in Romans that we are transformed, Uh, by the renewing of our minds our minds wake up more and more to who we are come on somebody and the more we are aware and renewed to who we realize the more the percentage goes from zero to a hundred but if if you have a million in your account but you only take out 50 all right you are not walking in the full measure It's yours, but you have not deposited or you have not accessed the full measure of what God has put in there. But as you become more aware of what you have, you take out more than what you did. Amen. And what's inside is the the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. As he is, so are we in this world. We are growing into the full measure. Praise God praise God Um, uh, so full measure uh, believers is my job uh, and to help all of us attain that full full measure I don't want the Lord to come back while I'm still operating at half measure Uh, our job is to be awake and not to be found asleep praise the Lord amen amen so in light of this, uh, I felt uh, I was praying a little bit and the Lord put some things in my heart for today. And maybe um, maybe it's good that we, we go through. The, go, go with me to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 6. This is the word for today. I'm just going to hit this and then run. Then you, you deal with it. Um, but the story of Exodus, of course, is the story of the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt and when the time was full for them to be freed from their bondage. They had been in bondage for 400 years. This is the, the foundation pillar of the, Jew, uh, the the Jewish faith. The story of the Exodus story is the story not only of what they envision or, or what they have as part of their teaching by way of history, but also it's a prophecy for all 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 Jewish people believing that as God sent Messiah and raised up a Moses he's going to raise up another Moses. But in this story I think there's a lesson particularly as it relates to us as a nation right now. And what we've been going through the last several weeks uh, with the issues in, in the north and the war. I think there is a report that we need to be mindful of and we need to be aware of. But we also need to combine the reports that we're hearing and we're following with the report of the Lord. Amen. Because as children of God, okay, it doesn't mean we are blind to what's going on in the world, it's just that we balance what's going on in the world with what that says the Lord. Amen. What the world is saying is not always the complete picture. All right, that's, that's, that's only part, a small piece of the... so we can't make a full assumption or a full conclusion based on the partial view that we have. When we're dealing with god god gives us a full panoramic view hallelujah and we have also not just the word of man but the word of the lord but there's there's this story of how the children of israel um, the children of uh, the children of israel they had been in bondage god raised up moses and when he raised up moses after a big fight if you remember the story moses finally agreed to obey the lord he came Uh, to his brother Aaron, told him that God has said it's time to visit the people and it's time for the people to be set free. Aaron agreed. So Moses and Aaron went to the elders of Israel in Egypt. And when they went to the elders of Israel, they told them that God has met with us. And God has told us that it is time for us to be free from the bondage here in Egypt. And so in the end of uh, Exodus chapter 4, um, verse uh, twenty nine. I can't read the whole thing because it's 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 long. But I just wanted to catch some things here. Exodus four, verse twenty nine. It says Moses and Aaron brought together all the elders of the Israelites, and Aaron told them everything the Lord had said to Moses. So he, he he also performed the signs before the people, and they believed. And when they heard that the Lord was concerned about them and had seen their misery, they bowed down and worshipped. Alright, so uh, Moses and Aaron tell the people, mm, the people hear that God has concerned about our misery, and they were so happy, they were so blessed, that they bow, bowed down and worshipped. Amen? Right when we get to the next chapter, chapter 5, the Bible says, I'm not going to read it because it's long, but the summary is, Moses and Aaron then went to Pharaoh and told Pharaoh, this is what the God of Israel says. Let my people go so that they might worship me. And Pharaoh says, who is this God? I don't know this God you're talking about. And I'm not going to let the people go. In fact, I'm going to make their workload more difficult by causing them to make bricks without straw. But they have to meet the same daily quotas as they were before. And when the supervisors of the people could not bring the same quotas, they beat them eh? and, and, and they, 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 they abused them. So the, the supervisors went to Pharaoh and they begged for mercy. They said, you've asked us to do an impossible task. How can we make bricks without straw? And he, 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 Pharaoh responded even more harshly to them. And they were so miserable, they left Pharaoh's presence. And while they were on their way out, they saw Moses and Aaron there. And they had a few choice words for Moses and Aaron. We find this in, in uh, Exodus chapter 5 and verse number 21. Or verse 20. When they left Pharaoh, they found Moses and Aaron waiting to meet them. And they, say, and they said, May the Lord look upon you and judge you. You have made us a stench to Pharaoh and his officials and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, why have you brought trouble upon this people? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has brought trouble upon this people, and you have not rescued your people at all. So the people complained to Moses, then Moses complained to God. Do you see that? Um, everything was fine as long as uh, God was going to deliver them. But when Pharaoh gave a completely opposite response to what they were expecting... Hmm? See, the anticipation was God had spoken. So, we'll go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh will say, Okay, we'll come out with great... Tlilik, himself, and go into our promised land. Pharaoh opposed the word of the Lord. In fact, he said, Who is your God? And why should I obey Him? I'm not going to let anybody go. And so it became a, a, a very contradictory situation he became harsh on the people it seemed like god's word had failed people complained against moses moses now complaining against god god then said in verse number six um uh, exodus chapter six and verse two god also said to moses moses i am so sorry i made a terrible mistake you know how it is with me i always get confused up here I switched the wires and i I sent the wrong word. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. My bad. Love God. No, he didn't say that. I love what God says. He says, God also said to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, but my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan where they lived as aliens. Moreover, I have heard the groanings of the Israelites whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord." This kind of blessed me. I would like to tell you why this blessed me. Um, It tells me that regardless of the opposition of Pharaoh, God's covenant word is the same. Regardless of how much the people complain, God's covenant word is the same. He does not change with Pharaoh's mood. He does not change with the people's mood. Even if Moses is questioning his own calling, God's covenant word is the same. God does not move to the left or the right if he has promised something. If God has started something, we can know for sure that no matter what rests in the middle, God will finish what he started. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, this is the ways of God. This is how God op- always operates. If he starts, he finishes. And whatever happens in the middle does not cause him to swerve to the, at one bit. We're all uptight and worried about what God said. But God is not worried about what God said. God is not moved by what, he, what, what, what happens on the earth. Are, are you following what I'm saying? Uh, when God created the heavens and the earth, the first thing he said was God made the heavens and the earth. And verse 2 of Genesis 1, it says that now the earth was empty and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. This is the exact opposite from what God said. But God did not go hiding and running. I thought I did. No, he just stood there. We're still on the same agenda. The agenda doesn't change. Let there be light. Let there be trees. Let there be sky. Let there be, let there be, Pastor Z, come on somebody. Let there be, he's still going all the way to this day. He's not moved by the wind and the waves. That's why Jesus walked on the wind and the waves. Because he has authority on the waters, the instability. God always is faithful to finish what he started. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. So, so what we see in this, I think it's a great model even for us as, as a nation at this time. Because we are experiencing a lot of challenge and a lot of contrary winds. To the point that we are in a state of war as I speak right now. And it seems as if what God has said, well, maybe, maybe, you know, if God says and it looks different, maybe God didn't say, maybe we did not hear right, maybe we should all go home. Uh, but, but, but the fact is that what God says, whether you feel it or not, whether you see it or not, it is impossible for him to fail. God is not in the business of starting and stopping halfway. God is not in the business of starting and forgetting. The response he gave to Abraham to, to Moses is that, "I am the Lord." His response to all the trouble, he responded with himself. I am the Lord, hallelujah. I'm the one who started this. I met with your forefathers, with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I promised them something. I cannot fail on my promises. If I were to ever fail on my promises, then I am not the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah praise the name of the Lord so what we are experiencing now it should not move us or cause us to change opinion based on what God's uh, uh, or how we see or handle what God said because he is the Lord I said he is the Lord this is actually a birth birth pains Uh, birth pains and and I can speak from experience um because i have brought with the help of my wife children into the world and i learned a lot from that experience hallelujah sit down class let me teach you something you see when we come here we come with a very different it's a very different agenda this is not cnn cnn you sit down and they tell you everything that's happened but the house of god is a prophetic house we tell you what will happen because we have met with god we have heard from God and God is faithful to his word. Hallelujah. That's why this, the, the, the news, uh, it, it, it changes every hour. You have to check because there's new what they call breaking news even because things so, change so much in this world. But if you come to God's news channel, nothing changes. Hallelujah. There's nothing breaking. Bre- breaking. There's only what God has said from the beginning, the faithfulness and character. I am the Lord. Hallelujah. So what you get from this pulpit is not wayne, roro, goodfella. You get I am the Lord, because He is the Lord, and He is faithful to His word. You see, when 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 a. a there's two things I want to talk about, pregnancy and, and uh, the whole process. First of all, when you get the news that we are pregnant, the whole family is full of joy. It's a great celebration and the celebration is so full of joy all the way until the labor pains kick, kick in. When labor pains kick in, there's no longer joy, there's actually, it, it seems like the end. And they have this thing that I learned from experience called contractions. And contractions, they come with increasing measure the closer you get to the time of delivery. Now, two things about contractions that I want you to understand today. Number one, when it comes to contractions, when it's time for the baby to be born, never once in the history of humanity has a baby come to birth and said, I don't think so, and gone back into the mother's womb. Because the job that was started at conception, it does not stop halfway. I mean, that's all right. It's a prophecy. Hallelujah. Joroyal Lois Mazare. hallelujah. See, I'm talking about babies. Y'all are slow today. God is giving you a virtual example of confirming the word of the Lord. So so there has never been in the history when a baby comes to delivery and says, I don't think so, and goes back. Impossible because something was started. And if this thing was started, it will be finished all the way through. Whether you feel like it or not, this baby is coming. Number two, I learned that when the contractions start to kick in, hmm, uh, the pain is intense, the pain is heavy. And whenever the pain hits, what the doctor tells the mother to do is to push. Pain uh, makes you want to give up and to die. But while you are dying, the doctor is saying, push, because there's something coming out of this pain. Praise the Lord. I would like to uh, uh, call the current situation and state of affairs in our nation as labor pains. More than labor pains, contraction. Contractions mean that something is coming out. Contractions mean that it's not time to give up, it's time to push. When we push, we are cooperating with God. Hallelujah. You know what it says with the children of Israel, in fact verse 9, Uh, uh, It says uh, Verse verse 8 God told Moses I will bring You to the land I swore With uplifted hand to give to Abraham To Isaac and Jacob I will give it to you as a possession I am the Lord Verse 9 says Moses reported this to the Israelites But they did not want to listen to him Hmm. Because of their Discouragement and their cruel bondage. There's nothing like cruel bondage and discouragement to cause you to drop everything that God has said. Uh, Mind you, it was a real bondage. They were being really beaten. It was very cruel. Things went from bad to worse. All right, so it wasn't like this stuff doesn't exist. I don't feel anything. Hallelujah. No, it's real pain. Even what we're going through is real pain. I've met with several people even this week. It's been very, very difficult up there in the north. Even uh, We've had a lot of even challenges personally as a family and as a staff this week. Hmm? Pain is real. Labor pains are real. I have never heard of a mother who says, oh, I don't feel it. Praise God. Push. Sure. No. You feel like dying. All right? Even the children of Israel says they did not want to hear. They did not want to listen anymore because the bondage was so heavy and it was so cruel. But for those of us who are sons and daughters, who are awake, we understand that though it hurts, hallelujah, it's time to push because God does not stop halfway. God finished what he started. And just to remind you. We believe and we are believing that this nation and this continent will be redeemed in righteousness. That the glory of God will rise upon this nation. It's time to push that the hands of begging have turned into hands of blessing, hallelujah. That the rivers of God will flow not for a civil war with Egypt, but with a blessing for Egypt and beyond, hallelujah. With a blessing for all nations of the world, hallelujah. Well you might say, well, yeah, but Pharaoh said it's not what Pharaoh said or does not say it is i am the lord i finished what i started he does not play games so i want to encourage somebody maybe you're going through even something on a personal level the instruction today child of god is not to stop listening anymore because of the bondage uh, you know this story it was written for our benefit so that we could read their story learn from their mistakes because it's funny even though they were complaining god still kept his word even though they would not listen, God listened to his own word. You know, the people who were in bondage today, tomorrow God split the Red Sea in two. Yeah? Not the little Akaki like winds. Come on, somebody. Mm? He split the whole Red Sea in two and they cross on dry land. It's not just a testament to the ability of God to open a sea, it's a testament to how far God will go to keep his word hallelujah and the pharaoh that said no ended up drowning in that same sea i want to tell you that whatever trouble has come upon us now it's not unto death it is birth pains hallelujah i know we feel it we all feel it but it's birth pains now is the time to push i said now is the time to push i would like someone to stand up and begin to push by way of praising God right where you are right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want somebody just by way of faith to praise God for his promise, to praise God that even though it doesn't feel like it today, we present a sacrifice of praise. Hallelujah. And we tell the devil, we tell Pharaoh, we tell the bondage that we are still here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That was a polite praise for me. Uh, I know you're getting, you were sitting for a while. Now, just I want you to take hold of the God who said, "I am the Lord." consider his faithfulness consider his promise hallelujah consider his track record consider his character it is impossible for him to start and not finish we bless your name right now father God we don't give up on your promises we still are here and we still want to listen hallelujah we are still here hallelujah come on give God a shout give God a praise this is the birth pains This is a birth pains hallelujah this is a contraction hallelujah this is a heavy contraction hallelujah we bless your name father god we glorify you hallelujah we push we push hallelujah we push hallelujah we push hallelujah thank you lord 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 Ooh, something just broke right now. Let me tell you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Just lift your hands. Hallelujah. We bless your name right now. Let God arise even now. Hallelujah. I am the Lord. I am the Lord.